You know, it's um, it's just sort of a fact that uh, just about anybody could do what I do in front of a microphone. Not everybody could do what our next guest has done over his career in front of a microphone. Taking his love of auto racing as a child, parlaying that into uh, reaching the pinnacle of his profession as the voice of the Indy 500 for years and years on the ABC TV broadcast of the greatest spectacle in racing. If you've watched that race over the years, chances are you've heard the voice of our next guest, Paul Page. He is in Springfield tonight uh, for a conversation with fans at the Springfield Masonic Center starting at 7 o'clock this evening. He'll be talking about his book called Hello, I'm Paul Page. It's race day in Indianapolis, and he's here with us this afternoon. Paul Page, welcome to the program. So great to have you here with us. Thanks for taking the time. Hey, thank you. Thank you so very much. As a matter of fact, it kind of leads me to you talk about sportscasting in general. What we really cover is more of a gigantic news event because, you know, you're talking a playing field. It's two and a half miles around. You got 33 competitors, and at any one time, one of them could make the move that wins the whole event. So it's pretty complex, but it's really a thrill to do. You're reading my mind. That was one of the questions I wanted to get into with you, but I want to come back to that because I want to go back to, to the beginning of this. Uh, and you talk in your book about the, the, the fact that uh, you, you became enamored of racing and of the Indy 500 as a child. That hit it close to home for me. I remember watching it with my dad when I was a kid, uh, and, it, and it's so exciting to see it all unfold. Uh, but when you got into broadcasting, I mean, did you set out to be a race broadcaster, or did, were you just lucky enough to, to find your way into an opportunity that allowed you to tap into something you already had a, a, a passion for? Well, what it was was really when I got out of uh, school in the Army, I went to Indianapolis. I was a military brat, so we lived all over the place. But I went to Indianapolis with the idea of getting close to the race. Now, that could mean a mechanic. It could mean almost anything. And as a broadcaster, yeah, I had an interest in broadcasting. I'd, I'd actually been trained in it in the military, but um, I didn't even think of that. But I needed a job, and I got a job at WIBC, the local radio station that carried the 500 and was the anchor station for it. And my mentor, Sid Collins, who had created the Indianapolis Motor Speedway Radio Network, for years and years would say, well, you're, you're really good. You do this well, but we don't have any room. And then finally he came to me one day and said, We'd like you on the radio network, and he mentored me for several years, and then I became uh, the anchor for the running of the Indianapolis 500, and subsequently went over to uh, television at ABC when ABC went live for the first couple of years with the race. A lot of people will look at this as the golden era of racing uh, back in the, uh, the the 60s, the 70s, some of the biggest names in the history of the sport. Uh, you were right there in their midst, people like A.J. Foyt, Mario Andretti, uh, Rick Mears, uh, uh, the list goes on and on. Uh, and we got to know their names. I don't know that we necessarily got to know them the way we sometimes feel like we know athletes today. So take us behind the scenes a little bit. What was it like to be up close and personal with these racers? Well, first of all, you, you know, you're talking, you know, I'm, I'm the kid who loves this thing. And uh, the mere fact that I'm able to talk to an A.J. Foyt and he treats me as an equal and he answers my question. I mean, that, you know, that that was something I had to actually get over because um, I was almost too too enthralled when I would talk to them. So, uh, but like, let's use Rick Mears as an example. Uh, um, 
four-time winner of the Indy 500, fast beyond belief, and quickest hands I've ever seen in racing. And yet, when he's not racing, he just he's shy. He lays around. He just you know kind of goes to himself. Uh, lived out originally in Bakersfield, California. I went out there once to visit him, and uh, he's laying on the couch and sound asleep. And then I found out from him that he'd fall asleep in the race car waiting for the start of the 500. <laughs> it's the way he dealt with nervousness, you know, so that was cool. We're talking with Paul Page, the voice of the Indy 500, the author of Hello, I'm Paul Page. It's race day in Indianapolis. He's to, appearing tonight at the Springfield Masonic Center on Rickard Road, and this is actually a, a benefit to support their Children's Dyslexia Center. Again, we'll have more details on that coming up in, in just a moment. Now, I know uh, as a broadcaster, you've got to have a, an even keel. You just have to tell the story as it unfolds, but because you have this love of the sport and this appreciation for the skill that goes into it did, did you have a favorite racer over all those years somebody that maybe you were sort of secretly rooting for even if you couldn't let that come through on the broadcast um, yeah actually early on before i did broadcast uh, eddie Sachs was one of my great heroes who uh, unfortunately was killed at the speedway in 1964 but uh, as you come up to the more modern times obviously aj white obviously Mario Andretti and and certainly Rick Mears but again there's as you probably know from your broadcasting uh, you, you can get too close to people sometimes and um, that would happen to me there were several drivers who I unfortunately had had to announce a fatality and you're part of the community you know you're it's like you're traveling with a basketball or the baseball team all the time same in racing we're all traveling together we're a community and when something like that hits and and then you have to handle it in a public manner you know it just breaks your heart you know modern day race fans i th i think forget this even though we have seen in uh, the last couple of decades the occasional very high profile fatality uh, but forget that this is inherently uh, it can be at least a pretty dangerous sport and certainly was in the in the days when you were in the broadcast booth so so walk us through that like you said how, how do you deal with uh, just the the adrenaline the speed of the race and the inherent danger that goes along with it well you, you first of all you you've got to be objective you, you you simply you can't have that favorite in your mind um you, you can't really recognize the potential danger and thank goodness the cars are so safe now we we don't have really bad accidents uh, with bad injuries anymore. We have spectacular accident accidents, but they all tend to just get up and, and walk away. So the, uh, from my point of view, it's, it's just call the race as best you can. And uh, hopefully the audience will be satisfied. Uh, you talked about the complexity of, of covering the race. It is going so fast. There's lead changes all the time. You've got uh, drivers coming on and off the course, heading into the pits, etc. cetera. Uh, it's an extraordinarily complex endeavor, and there's a, a whole huge team behind it. How do those moving parts all work together, and, and how do you practice for that to be able to, to make it sound so seamless on race day? Well, uh, start with the team. The team does it for you. When I was on radio for the first 10 years, um, we had an announcer in every turn. So there are four announcers there and three announcers in the pits and one general roving announcer. And uh, in my right ear, I could hear them off the air. If they would call me and say, I have something, I could hear them. And I could push a button and talk to them off the air for 
from your point of view, you'd you know be just be a quiet interruption with a lot of motor noises. But uh, we communicate back and forth constantly as to what was going on and what we should look for and, and things like that. Then when I got to television, we had the producer in the in the truck who had communications directly with me, and he would lead me to where we were going or who was in the pits and. It's all that that team that's down in the truck, and of course the team in the broadcast booth as well. Uh, without the, you know, there you have to have the team. It's too complicated to ever consider to do alone. You know, in those days, the Indy 500 was the race. When you thought of auto racing, that's the race that you thought of. Now, of course, it seems like NASCAR gets so much more uh, of the attention. Why do you think that is, and, and what does that say for the overall state of racing in 2021? Well, first of all, I, I, I will heartily disagree, of course. <laughs> IndyCar racing, I think, is the best. What, what happened with NASCAR was IndyCar had political internal troubles. And uh, in doing that, there were two different bodies trying to be in charge of it all. And that turned the viewer off, turned the race fans off. And so many of them went to NASCAR at that time and became NASCAR fans. And I'm not going to put down NASCAR in reality because they put on some great races, and I've called a number of them. But while that was happening, the fans just kind of drifted off and the television ratings went down. We used to have television ratings, you know, like in the 13, 14 million people. And now if they get a, a one rating, it, it, it's a big day for them. Mm. But if anybody is watching NASCAR and not watching IndyCar or anything else and not watching, watching IndyCar in today's world, and especially the Indy 500, they, the races are unbelievable. They're just spectacular, especially the, the new breed of young kids. They, they, they're just fearless. They bounce off of each other and keep going. And the Indy 500 this year with uh, Elio Castroneves winning the first uh, as a four-time winner added to the other three, uh, that race was as exciting a race as I have ever seen at Indianapolis. So it's the joy of it never goes away, and IndyCar is what you want to watch. Uh, I, I know you're you're not in the, the broadcast booth regularly, but clearly you, you still have a great interest in it and you follow it. Who do you see as the, uh, the up-and-coming racers on the Indy circuit? Well, um, first of all, the... Um, well, there, there's a whole, whole group of them. Paolo, who just won the championship, you know, he, he, he looks like he's like 20. Uh, one of my favorites out of this day is, is Colton Herta. Um, um, Pato Award, that would be another one in the group. Erickson would be one. There's this, there's this leading edge now of the young drivers coming forward, and they're not afraid to challenge the great veterans. And uh, they're doing it, and they're winning. And so we're seeing a whole change in the sport, and it just makes it so fun to watch. You know, I could uh, go on and on about this to talk to you about uh, your your life, your experiences, what you've seen and witnessed. Uh, but instead, we're going to direct people to come see you tonight at the Springfield Masonic Center. Tell us what's going to happen this evening when people come out to this event. Well, I've got a few stories to tell, uh, behind-the-scenes stories of both racing and network television and some of the events that I've done other than racing. And we're going to take a whole bunch of questions and just sit and walk around the room and have a good time. And uh, hopefully by the end, uh, people will have a wonderful view of what the Indy 500 and, and racing in general and television, network television in general, is really all about.
I think there's some pretty funny stories you'll see. It's going to be a, a great evening, informative evening, uh, to really have a front row seat for all this excitement of the world of IndyCar racing from the guy who was uh, there for some of the greatest moments in the sport. Uh, and you got your book. Uh, tell us a little bit about that called Hello, I'm Paul Page. It's race day in Indianapolis. Uh, could people get a copy of it tonight? How do they, they find the book? I, I will have a few of them with me tonight, uh, hopefully enough for the people. But you can always get it on Amazon as well, and Barnes and Noble and, and Barnes and Noble bookstores as well as online. And it's just—it's about the first time I went to the 500 in 1960, and I've kind of threaded the history of the 500 to the 100th race along with all the background stories of that in the book. And I'm, I'm, I'm pretty proud of it, and I hope people enjoy it. Hello, I'm Paul Page. It's race day in Indianapolis, written, of course, by Paul Page, who will be in Springfield tonight, the Springfield Masonic Center on Rickard Road, starting at 7 o'clock this evening. And again, the proceeds from that event benefit the uh, Children's Dyslexia Center. Mr. Page, thank you so much for your time. It's great to talk to you, and uh, welcome to Springfield. Thank you very much. I really appreciate it.